Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Thanks for joining us for Island Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about food at Kona Community Hospital. I know that sounds very weird that we would want to talk about hospital food, but it turns out that Kona Community Hospital has started an initiative that is going to be spread through other hospitals in the Hawaii Health Systems Corporation that actually provides really delicious food. I had some and I know. So we'll be talking with three people today. Jay Cruiser, the CEO of Kona Community Hospital, Greg Christian, the consultant they hired to upgrade the food, and Judy Donovan, who is the outreach specialist for Kona Community Hospital, who really spearheaded this new movement. And a reminder that if you don't hear Island Conversations every week on the radio, we love it if you download it through the podcast at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Let's get to my conversation with Kona Community Hospital Chief Executive Officer Jay Cruiser. Aloha, Jay. Aloha. Tell me about this new food initiative here at Kona Community Hospital. You know, I've been here a little over eight years, and it was on my bucket list for many years to try to improve the food service. I mean, I'm and be very sensitive to the you know the cultural issues of food here in Hawaii. So I watched it, noticed that portion control was a concern, noticed that, you know, there are probably uh, more fresh options out there than we typically use. We use a lot of prepared foods, but I didn't have a way to change it. So I just kind of set that aside as we went on other issues here at the hospital. When you say portion control was an issue, what does that mean? Portion control means we gave very generous portions. That isn't always the healthiest way to eat. And I know that can be part of the culture, but we want to make sure that we set a good example. So over the years, I've been looking for an option of how do we be sensitive to our local community and try to make it better. And ran across Greg Christian and Beyond Green. I knew him from Chicago, and I had heard he was coming to Hawaii to work up in the Havi school systems. And so when he came up to Havi, you know, I met with him, and he explained to me what he was doing and how he was incorporating his farm-to-table concepts in the school systems and the challenges of doing that. And so I watched it saw his challenges, saw his successes in some of his more difficult situations. And over time, you know, we approached him to come here because he was successful. I was waiting for him to be successful before I invited him over here. Kona Community Hospital is part of the Hawaii Health Systems Corporation. So you're not a fully independent hospital. How did you get the okay, if you even needed the okay, to change your method of operation from the HHSC system? Well, we really didn't need the okay. We functioned pretty independently in terms of daily operations. So we uh, made the decision to pilot things here and start implementing the, the project. And it was successful. And ironically, we didn't talk a lot about it, but HGC heard about it. I may have mentioned it at one of the board meetings, and then they got interested. And now Greg and his team are up in Kauai working, and many of the hospitals in the system have expressed interest in doing the same thing. So the meals we're talking about, are they for patients or staff or both or what? They're for both. We started in the cafeteria, trying to refine the process in there, and then moved on to the patient meals. Can the general public eat a meal at Kona Community Hospital? They always could, and they always can. 
A big question, though, for any hospital, and I certainly know for Kona Community Hospital, is controlling cost. So talk about the cost before you engaged in this new initiative and the cost now for providing food for both your staff and the patients. Well, when I first talked to Greg, a lot of his engagements, I believe, when we first started discussing it, was to reduce the food cost. And I told him initially that that wasn't our goal. Our goal was to improve the quality. And as long as it was cost neutral, you know, and move to more fresher product, we'd be happy. And he's been successful with that. Tell me what kind of feedback you've been getting from patients and from the staff about this new initiative that is different from the way you used to serve food. I regularly ask the employees in particular, and, you know, first of all, there's more people eating in the cafeteria. They're happy about it. Greg and his team have had a lot of taste testing going on, and they enjoy that. We've kind of made it fun. That's good. Well, how about the patients? Because I know that part of your goal is to have satisfied patients when they leave the hospital. How have they reacted? Well, we'll have to look at our patient satisfaction scores. I mean, the the patient food changes are are relatively recent, but I expect those to be positive, too. Okay. I was just in your cafeteria. It smelled great, and I got kind of hungry as I was walking through. So actually, before I leave here, I'm planning on having a little meal. Okay, good. (laughs) We spoke next with Greg Christian, who gave me a tour of the kitchen, and then we had a chance to sit down and talk about his work, his company, and how he provided a new path forward for food for Kona Community Hospital. The day I was there, they had invited Chef Sam Choi to be part of the program, and that was kind of fun. And before I left the hospital, I did have a meal, which is a standard meal now, now served in the Kona Hospital cafeteria, and it was quite good. Let's get to my conversation with Greg Christian. Greg Christian, your company is called Beyond Green. Tell us about this. What is it? Where was it started? What do you do? Well, I started in Chicago. What we do is we work in institutional kitchens to help them head from processed food to fresh local food in their same budget. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, 15 years. So you're here at Kona Community Hospital, and I know you're working on Kauai. I know you're working with schools in Javi. What are the kinds of places you worked at in the Chicago area or elsewhere? In Chicago, I had a catering business. I came up in the restaurant business, then the catering business. And then I started working in Chicago public schools to try to figure out how we can serve kids better food. And now you're doing it here in hospitals. So tell us about Kona Community Hospital. What was the food service like before? How did you change it? Well, the boss was frustrated with the food service. And Jay, he's pretty methodical, and he had more important things to tackle before food, you know, like new operating rooms. And after he was here maybe seven years, my phone rang, and he said, I think it's time, I'm ready, can you come and help us? And leadership was really wanting, they were improving the hospital in every way. And it was time to do the food. You know, when he got here, there used to be Bacon Day here. I hope it's okay that I'm talking about this. And what Bacon Day was, if I remember right, was once a week, it was like all you can eat bacon at the hospital. And so here you are, an organization trying to get people better and get people on the path of taking care of themselves better and bacon day and i asked him in our and we had we shared a meal together early on and i said so did you tackle bacon day like week one right he said no 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 you got to ease into things here so he waited over a year and then he tackled bacon day he didn't want to wrench that from people his first week right that's not how it works here so i walked in to a cafeteria 
that was serving four entrees a day for lunch, mostly processed food, mostly out of the freezer and out of boxes, right? And we just, we did the same thing. I took Jay's cue and I learned up in Javi from the lovely ladies that run that school kitchen to kind of go slow. And more importantly than going slow is listening. So I asked the doctors, nurses, staff of the cafeteria, if you had a magic wand, what do you want to see on the menu? I asked Jay and his leadership team sitting in this office, what is it that you want to see served? And mostly what I heard from leadership was a whole list of things they didn't want to eat, you know, like fried chicken fingers again, right? And so we just kind of blended what everybody wanted. And again, we didn't go right to the menu. We sampled the food first. So vegan OB nurse who wanted, you know, the broccoli thing, we sampled it to her. Is this what you mean? Instead of putting it on the menu and saying, we think we know what you mean. So we sampled a lot of food to get buy-in and, and, and help the people feel heard. And so when you say you sampled the food, so what, you would prepare things and then offer it to the staff and see how it worked? Yeah, we kept the menu the same. Let's run the processed food out. What are we going to do with it? It's here. And we have a month's worth of chicken patties and canned green beans. Just keep serving it. And let's not go too fast. And let's sample the new food that we think people want to eat. And so when you talk about when you arrived here, they were using processed food. What do you mean by that? Give me an example of some of the things that you saw being used in the kitchen that you thought were not the best alternative, best choice. Yeah, so there was a ton of frozen chicken products, breaded every which way, every shape and size, all from the mainland. Mainland's fine. I'm from the mainland. But let's buy some local protein if we can. Frozen hamburger, 13 ingredients in it. It's fine. No one's going to get sick from it. But why not buy some Big Island beef from a local rancher and make our own burgers and then maybe just put salt and pepper in them? The staff here likes to mix the burgers with like raw onion and ketchup. And I can't remember all that they wanted to put in their ground beef. And I'm like, that's fine. If that's how you want to make a burger and that's how your people want to eat a burger, I don't care. Right. But let's stop the frozen burger. And so the uh, canned green beans, a lot of canned fruit. Every day, every meal, it's still here. Some people need to eat soft fruit. There's some people that stay here that are short on teeth, right? So let's give them some canned fruit. But let's not give everybody canned fruit every meal, every day. What other kind of things? So on the fruit subject, so instead of that, we, uh, we'd go to local papaya, local banana. We have local strawberries right now. Um, instead of making like on the Kahlua pork day, they would have frozen, already cooked pork and then cut up a little cabbage and then heat it up. Now we buy pork shoulders or big chunks of pork and cut that and cook that for a few hours, then throw the cabbage in and maybe some liquid smoke or whatever the seasonings are instead of buying already cooked pork. How much are you actually buying locally? What kind of products, fresh and from local producers? Yeah, right now, today, we have local beef cut a few different ways. We have papaya. We have scallion. We have organic Boston lettuce that's from a mile away from here, from a beautiful lettuce farmer. He produces 1,400 head of lettuce a week. 
We have baby bok choy, tomatoes, a few different kinds of tomatoes, ulu, a lot of ulu. We're buying uh, ulu from the ulu co-op. Kaboka, if that's how you pronounce it, squash is here right now. That's in our vegan vegetable adobo that we serve today with guest chef Sam Choi. Sweet, man. So humble. You don't know what you're getting with a new person, you know? And he came in and so I know this is off subject, but he just embraced the team. Like he walks in humility and he brought these cool knives from Mongolia. And I wanted one of those knives. He didn't give me one of the knives, which is fine. Can the local food producers produce enough of the food that you want to serve? Vegetables, meats, etc. Or do you have to go back to some of your other sources? The vegetable and meat producers can. What they don't have currently is the market. Their market is limited to fancy chefs and resorts and some of the grocery stores buy some local, right? And the next big market is institutional kitchens. And once that market is built and people with forethought, like Jay and Judy, that want to head towards scratch cooking more local food and the market's there, then the food will be there. People think the food's not there. It's not there. There's no market for it. So what comes first? Uh, the market comes first, and then the food will come. There's a, so many people that have land that want to start growing food for institutional kitchens. There's people with land. There's people with money. It's all right there, but we need the market. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations, and I'm Sherry Bracken. Today, we're talking about a new food initiative at Kona Community Hospital with the chief executive, Jay Cruiser, with Greg Christian, the food guru who has helped with all the changes. And we will talk with Judy Donovan, who is the public outreach specialist who's been helping manage the program internally. Next week, it's all about emergency preparedness with Bill Hansen of Hawaii County Civil Defense and Susie Bond, who works with volunteer organizations organizations who help in disasters. A reminder that if you don't hear Island Conversations on Sundays on KWXX or B93, B97, or on Fridays on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo, you may always hear them as podcasts or subscribe at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Before we get back to our discussion, a word from our sponsor. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meat you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. Okay, when I was at Kona Hospital, I had more questions for Greg Christian. Kitchen workers, first of all, how many kitchen workers were here before? before you started and how many are here now? In other words, did you need more or fewer because of your new initiative? It's about the same amount of workers. We didn't need any more workers. We needed to rejigger the workflow for them. And with fresher food, it's just a little more complicated where you have to think a little bit more ahead. And that takes a little bit of time for us to think more ahead. And that's it. They're able to do it. There's a whole bunch of smart people in this kitchen and every kitchen I've worked at in Hawaii with the capability to think ahead. And initially, they just need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of like thinking for them, just a little bit. And then they get it. 
I'm in a kitchen now on Kauai, and I used to go into the kitchen and help them make the food. A couple days ago, I put on a pair of gloves to help someone that had to make a whole lot of salads. Her nickname is Lala, and she said, I don't need help. And she had a, a wall of salads to make. I mean, a lot. And I'm like, no, 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 I got my gloves on. I'm going to help you. And she's like, I don't want your help. I'm totally okay. So it takes just a little bit of time. Then they do it. Well, it sounds like Lala has pride in what she does. And I'm curious about the hospital workers here at Kona Hospital. How did they react to all this? Because this is a big change from my image of what they were doing before to what it looks like they are doing now, which is, I'd say, more real cooking. Yeah, so when we first started, there's a couple that were in, like by day three, when they realized that me and my team weren't going to surprise them with either meanness or arrogance or whatever you see on TV. All that drama isn't here. So then a few people, day three, like, we're in, what do you need, chef? Right? And then other people took a few months, right? Some of us take a longer time to trust, a longer time to try something new, a longer time to come play, if you will. And so the people that took longer... What I would do is, probably mistakenly, is I would run to Judy and complain. In the kitchen, I stayed level and generally calm for me. I don't know how, I mean, I'm not as calm as Jay at all, you know. But, you know, generally calm and not get triggered. I've seen some of the chefs on TV who get pretty darn excited. Is that you? It used to be me. Now I'm in my twilight, and so I'm calmer for sure. And if you're not calm, Hawaii, I'm just a two and a half year guy here, so I'm new. And But what I've learned, and the ladies up in Javi taught me this, they must have told me every day to be more humble for like six months. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how can I be any more humble, you know? So after hearing it for six months, the other thing that I learned here in Hawaii is to say please and thank you. I never said please and thank you in a kitchen in 36 years. But I bet your mom taught you to say please and thank you when you were young. I learned how to say please and thank you, but then when you start working in kitchens in New York City, the second you say please or thank you, that's a sign of weakness. And so now I've been in kitchens over 38 years, and the first 36 I never said please and thank you, and the ladies up in Javi said, you're saying please and thank you in this kitchen, and they meant it. <laughs> That's a tough crowd up there. I know. You know? And so it was a blessing. I went home that day that they told me that, and I literally cried at my dining room table, and I called my girlfriend who was back in Illinois, and I said, I don't think I can say please and thank you in the kitchen. And she was like, yes, you can. I'm like, no, I can't. I never did. Uh, and so anyway, it was fine. I learned a lot. One of the things I learned here in this hospital is from Jay's calmness and Judy's on top of itness and Obed and the kitchen team, it's a family here. It's definitely an operation that's not working in silos. And the kitchen knew, even though Jay's like not in the kitchen every day, saying hello, right? They knew that they were really wanted to head towards scratch cooking local food. And then Judy's presence regularly in the kitchen, it wasn't like they were forced, but they knew that this is important to people. 
you know, so that quiet calm from leadership really helped this program. Let's get into the money. How much money was being spent on food at Kona Community Hospital before this program, and how much money is being spent now? The budget for food and supplies is $47,000 a month here, and the budget for labor with benefits is $117,000 a month, and we have, over the last six months, been under or right at those numbers consistently for six months. Great. And then how much money is being put into the local community by purchasing those fruits and vegetables and all the meats and all that? We're pacing to spend $100,000 a year on local produce and meat right now. We include bread in that. And I feel like we've just begun. I think that in year two, they'll be able to spend upwards of $150,000 easily on local produce and meat in one institution. That's a 92, 94-bed hospital. When did this program actually start? So when does year two begin? Where are we? We're at month seven right now. So in the first year, we'll spend hundred grand on local food. When we got here, they were pacing to spend around $25,000 a year. So they were already spending some, right? Right around 25K. So we've gone from 25 to 100K year one. Their legs are under them totally. And now they're going to fine tune it and um, continue to get busier and busier. We here on the Big Island have a concern about rat lungworm disease, which is generally carried on local produce. And so there are some people who avoid local produce and prefer to buy mainland produce because of that. How have you addressed that? I mean, I'm assuming you have a clean kitchen, but just talk about that specific aspect. How do we know that the food really is safe, the local produce part? Yeah, one of the important things that we want to know is are the farmers checking for the slugs at night, because that's kind of when they come out and are easy to find. So we ask our farmers if they're checking for slugs at night with headlamps on. The other thing that we do, we wash the leaves immersed in water, and we wash the local lettuce a leaf at a time. There's a tub filled with water. I like to use room temperature water for my lettuce, and that's what I've taught them to do instead of ice-cold water. And then it comes out of the big first tub, and then it goes under running water for the second check of the leaf. Why room temperature and not ice-cold water? Some of the food safety experts of America are at Cornell, and they will tell you that the water needs to be at least four degrees warmer than the temperature of the item you're washing. So if you're coming out of a 38-degree cooler, the water has to be at least 42 degrees to help get rid of the E. coli's of the world. Thank you. Yeah. I had no idea. It's a weird stat. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm geeking out. But most of us don't hang out with the doctors of food sanitation at Cornell like me. Great question. Is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask you? I just look forward to Hawaii institutions embracing this idea of local scratch food. It's a novel idea today. It seems daunting to a lot of people because the system of serving processed food is 20, 30 years old. But we're proving time and time again in a few schools, now three hospitals, that it's really doable. It's fun to do it. There's definitely some speed bumps, right? But let's stop shipping most of our food money to the mainland and keep it here. Great, Christian. Thank you so much. Aloha. Aloha. I just wanted to get a few words from Judy Donovan, who's the Marketing and Strategic Planning Director. Judy, you have also taken on the responsibility of helping implement this new program here at Kona Hospital, have you not? I have. That's right. 
Greg has talked about how it's working in the kitchen, and Jay has spoken about some of the overall big issues. But how is it working for the staff? Let's start with you had a lot of seasoned workers in the kitchen. How did they react to all this? Because this sounds like a big change. This is a huge change for them, and they really were, some of them were resistant at first because we knew this was going to be a culture change. So Greg did come in slowly. He was careful to say, I'm not coming here with my recipes. We're going to see what people like to eat. We even had people in the hospital, employees, who were resistant as well because, you know, it's a change. So we started surveying hospital employees and the kitchen staff. We had meetings every Thursday. We would ask employees in the kitchen, what's working, what's not working, and we used whiteboards initially, and the whiteboard that had what's working, the list was very short initially, and the list of what's not working was quite long because they weren't accustomed to portion sizes, they weren't accustomed to the prep time, and they weren't accustomed to even having the window up to serve food at 11 a.m. sharp. So we had some learning curves at first. Well, when you say portion sizes, Mm -hmm. Jay had mentioned that the hospital used to serve really giant portions. Were you giving people less food than they needed to be healthy and to enjoy their meal? Initially, we were giving people too much food. I mean, servings in Hawaii are big. And I always say here in our cafeteria that food is love and the cafeteria is the heart of our hospital. The first thing we did was a more or less forced portion control. We took away the clam food, clamshell dishes, the ones that can close because you can put more food on them. Now we use aluminum foil to cover our dishes if we're taking it back to our desk or whatever. And then we've spent a lot of time trying to make them understand both behind the serving line and the customers what is a standard serving size and we've actually decided here we're going to have a compromise and have a Kona Community Hospital serving size. (laughs) The serving sizes of a standard USDA portion is too small. The cooks now have been assigned the task to sit with our dietitian and look at what do we want a real serving size to be what can we agree on is a real serving size because what we've told staff members and diners is that we're going to be able to tell you what the nutritional value of your plate is but first we have to serve consistent servings so that's the phase we're just launching into now how many kitchen employees did you have before this effort started and how many do you have now we have four cooks one of them is the manager as well two dietitians and 10 kitchen helpers, one diet aide. The diet aide works with the patients to get those menu requests in. We did discover that we needed to hire a clerk and that person acts as the cashier. She's at the register all the time when the window is open. The level of satisfaction among the kitchen staff, did you have turnover, did you lose people? We did not lose anybody. We're very excited about that because at the core, this was a really good team of people and they're a strong unit. So we knew that going into it. Uh, And some of them, as Greg said, are quicker to jump on the bandwagon and others are slower. But at the core, they're a very strong unit. So we didn't lose anybody. We were very fortunate. A hospital's main purpose is to treat patients. So tell me about the response among the patients for this new food. We just started in January phase two, which is the patient population. We're working first with only people who are on regular diets. We did start some surveying with those folks and the response has been very good. They really enjoy that there are options such as the vegan options because we've always had patients who ask for a vegetarian or a vegan option. But it seems now if you have a patient who's here for three or four days, they'll go from the vegan dish to the non-vegan dish equally because they're trying to sample what we've got going 
going on, we also started serving taro and poi, since that's a local favorite as well. They responded well to having that on the menu. There are people in the hospital who are on what I would call special diets. Tell me whether this program is going to be able to apply to those kind of foods as well. We think there is. So we have our cardiac diets, diabetic, renal diets. Those we haven't tackled yet because we want to firm up what's happening with the regular diets. But we will eventually do those as well. Judy Donovan, what else should I ask you about? When Jay was talking about the timing being perfect for this project right now, we had implemented the Blue Zones project here. We'd been certified as a Blue Zones worksite, and also the dietary staff had tackled the questionnaire and the certification process to be a Blue Zones restaurant. So when that happened and we wanted to impact employee engagement, it really seemed like the place we could impact the most employees was in the cafeteria. So it was a natural move for us, and that's when Greg's card came off of the desk and we dusted it off, and we spoke with Greg and a couple of other consultants about what we wanted to do. The other folks that we spoke with, really, they had small repairs. They had recipes for this or recipes especially for nurses who work overnight. But Greg's operation came in here and Beyond Green Partners revamped the entire system. And we're hoping to even firm it up more and make it sustainable. What exactly does being a Blue Zones designated facility mean? Blue Zones being a wellness initiative means that we are, as a hospital or a worksite or a restaurant, trying to improve the well-being offerings for our employees or for visitors who come to the hospital. And even with this project, the Dietary Initiative, the mission for the Blue Zones Committee here was to try to have a ripple effect into the community. So with almost 500 employees here, we hope that this wellness initiative catches fire and moves into the community from our employees. Judy Donovan, thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. And a big thank you to you, the listeners. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Join me next week for another Island Conversations. And until then, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahui ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.